I missed last week. Well, it wasn't Steve Vines. Good to see you. Yes, I, I was I was distraught, but I, I have managed, managed to get over it. Did you manage? Yes. Well done. Just, well, just. there's quite a few things going on this morning. Where do we start? Yeah, where do we start? Shall we start at the top of the news bulletin? Yeah. Um, Beep. Go on. Gosh, that's, we're, we're going to be frightfully topical today. Hello, hello, listener. We're going to be very topical. Um, obviously, um, the fallout from the detention of Joshua Wong at um, Bangkok Airport and the extra ordinary response of the Hong Kong government. You know, normally, when one of your citizens is arrested somewhere, yeah. um, you say, um, we will provide consular assistance, we will uh, demand an explanation from the authorities. Immigration Bureau people are cu- currently are on, on, on their on, way. On a plane. I to, always wonder what to, they do when they do Yes, that. I've, I've often wondered what they do, you know, and they're going to, they often are going to liaise with the relevant department. It's the media training thing, you know, yes. assisting the authorities. Assisting the authorities. <laughs> but in this instance, you've got my, my very dear friend and classical music lover, um, Rinsky Korsikov Yoon, who, um, who apparently... Doesn't know. Who, who knew? Apparently he's... De- something... Something... Department of Justice, I don't know. Possibly even secretary for that department. Who, by its staggering coincidence, was on his way to Bangkok on the day that... Um, uh, Joshua, or the day after, incidentally, Joshua was detained. And he says, at the airport, he says one thing which is almost certainly true, which is that he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so, I mean, that I, that I found entirely credible. But then, instead of saying, we're concerned about this, we said, did you know every country has its own laws? I hope, uh, I hope people have noted that, because that's an interesting observation that I was not aware of before. Yeah. Every country has its own laws. Really? And then afterwards, he said, you know, we... we um, I think I'll quote him. Um, we, are, we are concerned about the personal safety and legal privileges abroad of our... Of all people. Of not, all not Joshua. People. Yeah, no, not all Joshua. people. So the message is this... If you are a Hong Kong resident and you are stupid enough to leave the territory with a Hong Kong SAR passport and you have upset the government here, this is the crucial thing, you're not entitled to any form of consular protection. You're not entitled to any form of assistance from the Hong Kong government. Of course, in this case, it's that much worse because the Thai authorities have now let the cat out of the bag and basically said... They were told to. Said, or asked you know, to. The, 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 the comrades from, from um, Beijing asked us to do this and, hey, why wouldn't we? Because we're pretty horrible anyway, so we're quite good at doing horrible things. And the interesting thing is the way this has been reported as though he was going there to participate in some sort of... Incite violence. Well, some sort of NGO activist event. In fact, he was invited by the faculty of the Chulalongkorn University, which is one of um, Thailand's biggest and most um, well-known universities, Mm. to join this um, anniversary event in which they're talking about the massacre of students at Tamasat University, which is also in Bangkok, um, during the 1970s. And the, the seminar, as I understand it, is, is, is a his, giving a historical perspective to what happened and the consequences and putting it in a context, which was one reason why Joshua Wong was invited yeah. to, to share an experience of another um, student uprising, which fortunately didn't lead in, to the number of deaths that happened in Tamasat. But the interesting thing about this is 
even in the way this is portrayed in the local media, is as though he was going to some sort of rabble-rousing exercise. I mean, it's just not true. And it's a great pity that we are so poorly served by large sections of the local media who don't even bother to get their facts right and just take it's not as juicy though is it he's going well, to attend a lecture guidance <laughs> slide i mean where does this story come from yeah. that this was some rabble rousing event i strongly suspect there was a bit of guidance um given as to what was going on here and saying you know he's a troublemaker he went to a, to attend a troublemaking event even if that was so even if that was so you still would hope and boy, is this naive, that, that the government of Hong Kong would at least show some some little tiny signet, you know, we're not asking for big stuff, but little signet, that they would take care of their people overseas. Mm. And the general rule, as apparently we now know, is some people will be taken care of and some won't. Mm. Well, Great. Th- Fantastic. It, I think it stands to reason that he knew something was going to go down. I, well, we had a feeling, shall we say. You, you're talking about Joshua Yeah, Wong. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he has, if you remember, he's been barred from entering Malaysia as well. Yep. Also at the instigation of China. So, I mean, China's hand is very heavy, not only in Asia, obviously, but in, in many other places. You look at the African continent. But, I mean, you know, what's clearly happened is they've drawn up a blacklist of people they don't like from Hong Kong. This, no doubt, is under the one country, two systems principle, and said, you know, if they're heading your way, give them hell. Hmm. And the Hong Kong government, in its usual way of defending Hong Kong people, went, yes, sir, could could we add to that list in any way, any names you'd like us to put on the list? It's interesting, isn't it? We have to make a point. Like, and there's all the logic of a (coughs) a child freaking out in the playground. We have to make a point, but in doing so, you, you, you... Make not exactly a martyr, but you know where well, I'm going. What with they this. have succeeded in doing, and this is you know where dictatorships never get it. They never get it. Is this was a, to be honest with you? Although it, it was an, an important event, I don't want to disparage it. But from being a an event that was of relatively minor interest, particularly because it occurred a- within academic an academic yes in an academic environment, and you know I don't want to be rude to academics, but sometimes they don't set the world on fire. No. They've transformed that into a major political issue, in which not only do people in Hong Kong, but it's raised the profile of this event in in Bangkok and in Thailand generally as well. And on the back of those fellows disappearing in thailand well indeed i mean we know that not only was uh, uh Min Hoi um kidnapped from thailand clearly with the connivance of the thai authorities but there's also been these instances where um uyghurs from china's northwest have been sent back to china again with the cooperation of the thai authorities there's a there's a great closeness between governments that don't like democracy. I wonder how that makes, really, behind closed doors, the Thai authorities feel, because it's a much freer society politically, etc., and you're being instructed by uh, an authoritarian country to... to, Can you sort this out? And and it goes against their grain. Well, I'm not so sure that the military junta that uh, runs Thailand at the moment is committed to the freedom and democracy. There is that, but, I mean, next week's guys will be. This actually <laughs> happened under a previous um, Thai regime as well, So we could, which was indeed a democratically elected government, which the junta obviously are not. Yeah. 
So, yes, I think there is some sort of feeling. But on the other hand, they go, what's the big picture here? We want to have good relations with China. They ask us to do this small price paid. Well, I mean, the good news is Joshua lives to fight another day and he got himself on the front page of a good deal of international newspapers, I'm sure Absol- of that. Well, he did. I mean, so I've been, instead I've been, of, before coming in, I looked through... It was on some, The Guardian, wasn't it? I looked through... It certainly is. I looked through quite a number of websites, news websites, yeah. and it's very prominent. So where's, there. Where's, where's the logic there? Well, as I say, you know, dictatorships run to a logic of their own. It's to please the bosses, it's not to please the people. There, so, are, there are some questions about this. Just before we leave it, I mean, somebody said to me yesterday, do you reckon it's possible that this came from here as opposed to oh china said so it's like somebody here said he's coming your way somebody from well, this administration I, what i what i suspect has happened we don't know uh, any of this uh, by uh, the way yeah uh, and i have to heavily stress that word suspect because of course none of this is conducted in the public domain what i suspect has happened is that the hong kong authorities have indeed given the comrades a list of undesirable there's quotation marks floating around there you you're on of it. undesirable you should be <laughs> Thank God I'm too insignificant. But a a list of undesirable people who they say, you know, if you want to put them on a blacklist and circulate it to your friends and best pals overseas... But these guys aren't scary. They're not scary. They're young people with a brain. Yeah. They're not scary. Even if you don't agree with them. You know, they, they work on the ripple effect. They believe... And it's funny, there's only two two sets of people who believe it. They believe it, and the people involved believe it, that, you know, you throw a stone in the water and it, it, it creates ripples. Well, Steve, as you know, there are plenty scarier people here. There <laughs> certainly are. There certainly are. That's can a segue, I, by the way. Can I, name, can I name one of them? You could try. The new, the, the putative president of the <laughs> Legislative Council, Andrew Leung, the man who doesn't like um, legislators debating. Now, Andrew Leung is a very interesting man. I mean, if you want to make sure that the proceedings of the council continue to be disrupted, you would put into the hot seat one of the most divisive figures in the council. Yeah, let's you consider it done. <laughs> did you consider that done? Good move. You would then make sure that he came from one of the rotten boroughs. You know, the constituency he represents doesn't have elections. It's a rotten borough. A handful of people decide who will be the legislator. He doesn't get contested. Is that, that the main talking point right now for people? No, I think the main talking point right now is the extraordinary revelation that oh, right. one of Beijing's closest supporters in the legislature, the man who says, you know, the sun shines out of the very backside of everything that comes from up north, was until last week the holder of a British passport. But well, he would be, wouldn't he? So, like all of these hypocrites, they talk big about the wonders of being part of the People's Republic of China, and they talk very small indeed about the insurance policies that they've taken out by holding foreign passports. Now, in his case, not only does he hold a British passport, or did hold a British passport until last week, Incidentally, he's almost certainly still a British citizen because the process of renouncing it takes a long time. But never mind, we'll, we'll, we'll pass on that. Not only was he a holder of a British passport... You used to work for The Sun, didn't you? I can tell. Hey. It's, it's <laughs> the current bun. <laughs> the current bun. Don't, don't, don't get me started. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, not only, as I say, was he a holder of the British passport, but he would have renewed it during the period since 1997 because the duration of British passports is 10 years. My calculation is between 1997 and 2016, more than 10 years has elapsed. Could have had two. 
he could have had it's that is he may have renewed it twice but let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he reaffirmed his loyalty to the former colonial oppressors at least once there was a this lot of that, the there was a lot who, of that going on around the time and they tend to be the same people who are more vocal yeah, on the other side yeah. of the fence so so you know hypocrisy is is a cherished word among these so-called super patriots. These are the same people who send their sons and daughters off to foreign countries to get foreign passports, who invest overseas in case anything bad comes here. But they tell the ordinary people of Hong Kong, Oi, we're the super patriots here. Nothing can possibly go wrong while the benevolence of the uh, People's Republic shines over you. So, I mean, even if you discount all the other stuff, the charge of hypocrisy is very, very hard to challenge in this particular instance. Seems like it's not an isolated case. It's not an isolated case. But, you know, as they say in courts of law, there's no good standing up in a court of law and going, you can't blame me, Gav, everyone else is at it. Still in with Steve Vines, I was just thinking about, you know, you were talking about Joshua Wong just now. Top of our news this morning, it says Hong Kong student activist Joshua has vowed to push ahead with his address to Thai students, da-da-da. It strikes me that they're, you know, these, these regimes, whoever, they use pre-1990s tactics to stymie these things um, for a 21st century problem, i.e. he's going to get on Skype yeah. and he's going to double his audience. If, if just double. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's more of an event. Here's this guy. Yeah. He's been, you know... Why has he been banned? We want to hear who he is. And what's it all about? Yeah. They wouldn't have known about... Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, the computer age. Yeah. Great result all round. Well they, done, boys. They can't just crack heads anymore. Yeah. Anyway, let's say good morning to Jonathan, who says, does Uncle Vines think that CY uh, sees the Cheek. irony, I know, Auntie Vines, of his, of his statement at the National Day thing, saying that people of Hong Kong should make one country, two systems work as it's the best system for Hong Kong. Uh, Jonathan says this from a person who's worked more than most to undermine the concept. That's what they're saying. Yeah, well... Um, There's different versions can, of it, can, by the can way. Can I just <laughs> say to Jonathan that um, I, I think one of the modern-day interpreters of irony is, in fact, CY Learn. Because he's, he's planning to sue, I don't think he'll do it, but anyway, he's making a lot of fuss, about suing Apple Daily for contributing to ruining his chances. Did it actually make a reference to it this? It does indeed. You go, what, what? So it you're does, saying he's here... Denied, he's denied that he's running. No, no, he's, no, 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 he's no, already yes. decided to run for um, re-election. Re-election, <laughs> I jest, as chief executive. And he's saying that... The, that Apple Daily is somehow ruining his reputation. Well, lovers of irony may say, gosh, I don't know who they would be. Who'd have thunk it? It could even be the <laughs> listener. May say, gosh, um, how could Apple Daily ruin C.Y. Learn's reputation more than just, for example, C.Y. Learn? So, but what I don't understand <laughs> is that, that little sentence, you know, ruining chances of re-election. I mean, did, did I just, you know... Yeah. Also, yeah, you yeah, are. I'm paraphrasing, but that <clears> is that is in the letter. Um, if, if you want to see the letter in full, it is um, reproduced on what the about cases like press, this? Uh, cases, um, website. Oh, yeah, it's all up there. Yeah. C- cases like this across the world in years gone by, have you ever known a leader spit the dummy like this and, and threaten, threaten Very a newspaper? Very this. Um, this is quite common I'm sure it's happened. In, in societies where you have very heavy curbs on freedom of media. For example, in Malaysia... Yeah where um, the the Prime Minister is under all sorts of allegations for bribery and corruption. Massive amounts of 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 cash as well. Much more Mm. than um, C.Y. Leung's case, which involves the company UGL. He 
very often says, you know, I'm going to sue you. But but then, you know, he makes a compromise by just putting the journalist in jail without, you know, bothering with the suing bit. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. In most societies, though, where you're head of government and you get criticism, and boy, do you get criticism. I mean, you know, look, look, look at the United States. I'm, I'm not saying the United States is a paragon, but look at it. It's quite a good example. Where, you know, Obama has been accused of falsifying his All birth sorts records, of stuff. has been accused of this, that and the other, everything except for eating small children, but maybe that's also... His basic view is, look, I'm the elected president of the United States. If they want to uh, hammer on about this bring stuff, it bring it on. But remember, you know, I will defend myself verbally, but I tell you what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to go running off to the courts for this because this comes with a job. Well, it's this almost- is what I have to do. Now, in this particular case, which involves Apple Daily, um, Siwa Lung's spokesman, who, who obviously believes that no small amount of mendacity is sufficient, so let's go with a bigger amount, he actually claimed that the people who broke this story, which was the Australian newspaper, wasn't broken by Apple Daily. This is the story of conflict of interest, um, in which there's an undeclared $150 million US dollars. It's not a small sum of money, incidentally, from this company, UGL. Um, this all happened just before, uh, when uh, CY sold the company to UGL, just before um, assuming his job. I hate correcting you, but I think it was 50 is it? Million. Oh, anyway, okay. it's a lot, it's of, a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. I, anyway, the, the, the fact of the matter is that he, he then says, uh, but they've already apologised for this. That is what we call in the trade a porky. It's a complete <laughs> and utter porky. What they've apologised for, let's be absolutely, absolutely accurate about this, is not the substance of the story. They still say that he had this undis- undisclosed um, amount and conflict of interest, blah, blah, blah. What, what they have said is, well, considering that we found this material out from the public record, admittedly rather buried in the public sure, record, you couldn't say it was conducted in complete secrecy. So we withdraw the words complete secrecy, but we stand by the story. But now, it's out there now. I mean, the horse well, no, is bolted. No, but this is, this is what the Australian <laughs> said in, you know, in its so-called apology yeah. to see what I learned. But if you listen to his spokesman you would get the impression that the people who originated the story are no longer standing by it that is not true Mm. full stop yeah i mean if you you know you talk about countries like malaysia or whatever and 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 i think it's you know we know that happens but have you ever known when perhaps because what it says this has really riled me this is like the the sheen has been dented here if you go to the lengths of writing a writing a you know a th- yeah. threatening letter or whatever to a newspaper have you known it happened say in aussie or or somewhere else where no. where a minister or somebody no, no? doesn't happen just doesn't happen i mean uh, in, incidentally, writing a lawyer's letter isn't the same as launching a prosecution. It's usually just there for a scare. Yeah, yeah. A- as a journalist, I've, uh, I have to say, I'm not proud of this, but I have in my time had quite a number of lawyers' letters. Cease and desist, you know, otherwise we're going to be very nasty to you and it's going to cost you lots of money. But I can't think of a single incident. In fact, there is no single instance in my experience where there's actually been followed up by action. But what they like... And I remember when, for example, when I was in England, I was writing a lot of stories about that crook, Robert Maxwell. Routinely, after I wrote a story, 
he would send us a lawyer's letter, you know, from Sue Run and Grab It. Saying, yeah, see you, you in know, the bar. Yeah. Love Bob. <laughs> Not quite those terms, no, but, sure. but something similar. Um, and then, you know, if anybody was asked about that, I was writing for The Observer in those days, he said, oh, that story in The Observer, I'm taking legal action on that, as though, you know, it was a good way of deflecting it, somehow suggesting that he had grounds. But I can tell you, I can't remember how many of those letters I received, well, the paper received, but I was always named i'm pleased to say thank 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 you bob such a trouble the late bob um you know it, it it's a defense that these people who are doing wrong like to give because it gives them an opportunity to avoid talking about the actual issue so we still don't know about this ugl scandal what we do know is that the, the the person who was in charge of investigating it at the ICAC has been denied the job that she was already doing. We know that. We know that um, nobody has withdrawn the story, as CY's spokesman has implied. So, you know, what we do know is there's a lot of brown stuff swirling around on this one. And what we do know is it seriously pushed its button. Yeah, yeah, well, Plainly. you know, it's it's um, you know, you can't being held to account is something which apparently the chief executive of Hong Kong doesn't like having having done to him. Yeah. All right then. Next. Well, um, let's talk about the person who's been put in Legco to make Regina Ip look like a good person. Oh yeah. Which of course is the one and only Anne Chang. So everyone quote knows. Hong Kong's answer to Pauline Hanson. <laughs> yes, Pauline's answer to. <laughs> Hong Kong's answer to Pauline Hanson, but without the charm. Yeah. <laughs> so here we have an incident in Yamate at the beginning of this week, which involved some Nepalese residents um, basically in a bit of a rumble. Police uh, tried to break it up. Shots were fired. Two people were injured. All this we know. And there have this isn't actually the first street fight that's ever occurred in Hong Kong's history. Not a good thing. We're all agreed on that. But what do you get from An Chang? This is what you get from a low-grade, bottom-scraping, vote-grabbing, not that she did get that many votes, but nevertheless, um, opportunist politicians. She says, oh, 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 oh. What this incident shows us is the problem we have in Hong Kong of fake refugees. Well, that's... Go on. Well, I mean... <laughs> There, there, there's the old problem of factual challenge here. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, I strongly suspect that the people involved in this are Hong Kong permanent residents, probably born in Hong Kong, which is most of the Nepalese community. Absolutely, and that's easy to trace back <coughs> to the that, army days and everything. that's a boring old fact, so yeah, let's yeah. not worry about boring old facts, because, hey, if they get in the way of the story, they're no good. But, but why, why would you raise this? Unless you have another political agenda, which, as I say, is bottom-of-the-barrel scraping, is the sort of thing that the worst kind of politicians do. You mentioned Pauline Hanson. <laughs> it's the sort of thing she would do in Australia. Oh, yeah. And, and has um, been recently. And she's, she's <laughs> just bounced back again. So, you know, it's true. These sort of low-life low tactics can work. I'm not denying that. I wish I could. Mm. But that doesn't make them good. No. It doesn't make them acceptable. I think we've seen this before. You you take some tenuous link to something to put your agenda out there, and this is fake refugees. I mean, everybody knows Nepalese families are mostly Hong Kong families. It's a it's a fact, yeah, right? It's so, a fact. So if and, everybody and, knows it, and you know, and and I hate this business of of smearing a whole community because it's got a few bad lads in it. I'm sure the Nepalese community has some bad lads. Everybody's community Gosh, does, except for the British. 
who, as you know, never get involved in brawls. Have you ever heard of a drinking incident, say, never. with British people? It's, it's unknown. Not since yesterday. Not since yesterday, and certainly not in football pitches. Well, it, Steve, I mean, the elephant in the room here is it brings us back down to this odious racist stuff yes. that we... You yeah, know, they're I mean, brown people. They're, they're, they are indeed brown people, and they're quite guilty of that, and I don't deny that. And, you know, somehow something's got to be done about that. Yeah. But They were having a punch-up you know, amongst they're, themselves, they're, they're, and it wasn't a gang also, thing, by the way. You know, um, I, I come from London. There's a lot of brown people. Yeah, exactly, but... Rather, that, you know rather more than... No, but my point is, rather more than here. This is a tiny, tiny community within Hong Kong. Hong Kong basically doesn't have what are known as people of colour, communities, by and large. Mm. But to single them out and demonise them... Off with their heads. ...is just below disgusting. And Chang needs to be called out on this one. I'm rather surprised there wasn't just, more of an outcry. I think you just did. But, you know, um, reading between the lines, I think you, you could take what I said as criticism. Well, the, the other thing is, as you say, it wasn't correct, it wasn't accurate. Of course it's not accurate, so, but you know, hey, yeah. So you've got that one issue. But ra- racism, you know, and accuracy aren't, aren't the best friends. Mm. All right, I think we've got time for one more we thing. We have time for one more, and um, we'll refer back to the... Um, email that we received earlier about the the glories of one country, two systems. You know, it's so tattered now, the concept. I'm a great believer in one country, two systems. Do you really, really think that this as a concept works? Well, it could work, but it isn't working. On paper, it's fabulous. On paper, it's fabulous. Well, that's my point. But then people get involved. But, you know, (laughs) I mean, only this week we saw Tung Chi gathering the faithful into the liaison office to decide how how to conduct... The next um, there was nothing uh, to do with that. Council election. No, it's nothing to do with that. Nothing uh, at nothing all. Nothing to do with that. Don't know why anybody said it was. Apparently, it was all to do with who was to be elected. Elected again. You know, we use these terms lightly to represent the um, various MPCs. No, it was to do with their upcoming ZYW, bake sale. That's what it was. Um, um, <laughs> delegates to the election committee, in the same way as. It's not true, even though various people have now admitted it, that the liaison office called in legislators to decide who was going to be the president of LegCo. I mean, can I just (coughs) add one thing here? Your one country, two systems thing. See, I said then people get involved. And then human nature gets involved. And so you have this whacking great big country. It puts our little bit of it on a pedestal and says, this is the showroom, boys. It's one country, two systems. But then Big Brother gets jealous of how wonderful it is. There's too many cars in that showroom. And starts doing what it's doing. I know. It's a very, you know, when the system was um, devised, whether it was personally devised by Deng Xiaoping or not, when we don't actually know. John Major, but, blame John, blame Maggie. <laughs> let's, let's, blame we'll, them all. We'll blame them all. We, bl- we could blame the communists, but whoever it was. Hmm. <coughs> people said, you know what, this is an amazing idea. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if it happened? Well, I still think it's an amazing idea, and I still think wouldn't it be nice if it happened. It's not unworkable. It is, as you say, very, very hard to work. Because the one country is always going to be bigger than the two systems. Exactly. And it's very they, hard. They say, well, that's working, we'll have some of that. Yeah. So that's removed. Yeah, or, 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 you know, they decide that there's bits of the two systems that, that seem somehow to be threatening to the one country. So, you know, let's block all how, that. How out. much these days do you reckon it's venting the frustrations that they've had previously with Taiwan? Because you can mess around well, in Hong Kong. Well, if, it's interesting you say that because, of course, one country, two systems was in fact developed with an eye to Taiwan. In fact, the main impetus for devising that concept was 
as a model for Taiwan. Of course, the reality now is people in Taiwan says, well, if that's the model device for us... Um, and that's the frustration, because they can do two fingers. They can, and, Hong, you know... Hong Kong um, can't. Hong Kong can't. But you know what? In X years down the line, these, these pesky kids, it could be a different story. Yeah, and in X years down the line, the, the, the very wonderful Chinese official who said that everything will remain the same for the next thousand years. Yeah. I've got a suggestion to him. Read a book. 